the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Last week, it was interesting if you look at the last month. So I think we look at things on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly, quarterly, annually, and then probably we start saying every three, five, seven, ten years is how we look at things on Wall Street. <clears throat> but the S&P 500 had a great month, um, just a fantastic push, as did the NASDAQ, as did the Russell 2000, as did the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's almost like I don't want August to start. Now, the dollar got really weak last month. It had its worst worst month since April of 2011. Then you get Bitcoin. And it had a big move at the start of the month. And then it just kind of went sideways. So when you're starting to look at these, um, when you're starting to look at do we want to break? Do we deserve a break on Wall Street? Very good questions. Um, One of the odd things about a COVID scenario is how much it changes the investment landscape. I heard people talking this weekend of wanting to leave California before taxes get even crazier because of COVID. I heard people talk about things along the lines of like, what's a good investment um, and I want something to double. <clears throat> I'm like, do you want a good opportunity to get into a great name like a Nike or a Disney, or do you want <clears throat> something along the lines of Dublin? And there's some online gambling companies that are starting to have some interesting acquisition, mergers, acquisitions kind of strategy going on here. Um, esports Entertainment, ticker symbol GMBL. Is a licensed online gambling company with a specific focus on esports wagering. <clears throat> now I can't get myself into the idea of betting on esports. I can do a Super Bowl chart thing, no, no problem. I'll throw in money, especially if there's like a charitable angle, um, like a blackjack tournament, and you raise money for charity. I love that kind of stuff. But would I ever bet on some kid? Playing Fortnite and winning, or playing yes uh, hockey or any of the other esports that are out there. I've seen hockey tournaments last year. I think at Christmas time I got bored, and Google TV has YouTube TV, and YouTube TV has some like some of the great channels. You know the ABCs, NBC, CBSs, ESPNs. They have those, but then they also get some of the ones like Cheddar, and you're like, what's Cheddar? Cheddar is somehow going after reporting on Wall Street, and Cheddar is also going after esports. So it's like I turned it on, tried to fire something up to watch with my kids, and uh, we watched a, two kids playing hockey. And it's just it's it's so well done 
But could I ever see myself gambling on it? For instance, this weekend, there was a Fortnite tournament where a female won. The first time a female player has won a sponsored cash prize tournament for Fortnite. I don't know if that's 100% true, but that's the headline I saw. So let's just go with that and say maybe it is true. Would I ever say, I want to bet on a girl in esports, or I want to bet on you know a 14-year-old pimply kid, or um, Ninja, he's got cool hair and he's been on Jimmy Kimmel. Do I want to do that? Probably not, right? But that's the how the landscape has changed. Florida's bracing for a hurricane, which is kind of interesting now. Um, as crappy as 2020 has been with COVID, now we get and we're like, oh, we have to cut our own hair. We have to cut our own hair. We're such my my fingers have blisters. To now, well, living with COVID world hospitals and hurricanes, it sounds daunting. And yet the stock market's roaring, right? Retail rents plummet across New York City. That's an article that I read this weekend. America's glitziest and most expensive shopping districts. There's about 16 major streets in New York that the shopping is just through the roof, off the hook. What phrase can I use that that makes me sound cool? Average rents along those 16 major retail corridors have fallen to $688 per square foot. Um, That's the first time since 2011 that Manhattan retail real estate has been under $700 a square foot. Now, I bring this up because a lot of people bring into their heads like, oh, real estate is the best investment I ever made. Maybe not. And it's tough to tell because if real estate prices were published in a newspaper, you might go, whoa, last year I made $120,000. I'm cashing out. I have a friend that owned ADT, just a teeny tiny share of it or something like that. And he bought it during the riots on the idea of, hey, riots, people are getting security. It's like, hey, riots, people are buying guns. Hey, riots, people. There's See how the changing landscapes of the headline news can change perceptions on Wall Street? Well, here's one of COVID that we – how long will it take for us to talk? Um, the pressures from COVID-19 crisis are having a lasting impact on shopping streets like um, the Magnificent Mile in Chicago, the Las Vegas Strip. Rodeo Drive in Los Angeles. Um, I'm okay with that. I think it comes with the territory. So if real real estate retail prices hit 2011 bottoms, you probably go, okay, when was the real estate? Where was the crash before that? 2008, 2009? So we're getting back to those levels. And if retail stores have to give it up on what they're paying per square foot, does it make any sense that individuals will? Probably not, because individuals have different amount of millionaires and billionaires in the world. So don't make the direct assumption, but it is interesting to watch real estate cave in retail prices in New York. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Something kind of interesting. This is one of the apps that I kind of refuse to get into. I see some of my cousins and nieces using TikTok. But I just I don't need another app. I just don't need another app, if that makes any sense. I get it. It's cute. I know that there's a tie towards China, and there's a weirdness 
that as China is like clamping down on Hong Kong, that they have premiers in China that ultimately want to expand their their uh, real estate footprint. And one of the things that China's been famous for is uh, getting information from companies about their own citizens. So TikTok has been put in this weird dilemma. You know, at one point in time, Google said, hey, we're going to do Google in China. Um, and then China said, hey, we want some of that data, some of that email on some of our distance or blah, 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 blah. Um, and Google had to get out. They, they, their employees were like, we don't want to do evil and we don't want to help a regime do evil. So well, there's this weird shadow hanging on TikTok. Microsoft confirmed that it has held talks with acquiring TikTok from ByteDance for the U.S. version of TikTok. Um, to complete the deal, Microsoft basically called up Trump and said, hey, Trump, we know you're having problems with China. We're willing to help China and you out. Uh, by stepping in. Now, this obviously, because Trump wants to ban the app in the United States for security reasons. Uh, I think the idea is, again, China would have access to that data. Um, but it brings up a lot of big questions. I, I, I think the first one is, who would this hurt in the United States? Would it hurt Snap? Yeah, probably a little bit. Would it hurt Facebook? Mm, yeah, yeah. Because TikTok is really geared towards dancing, and who dances? Young people. And then you get a job, and life beats the snot out of you, and you stop dancing. That's my analysis on life. Thank you very much. I'll be here all day. For those of you who want to consult Buddha Rob, please let me know. I do take Venmo. Um, the operating model for the service can be built to become more transparent, as well as appropriate security oversights by governments. Um, they want in place. So Microsoft will be an ideal play. By comp, by picking up TikTok, it complicates things a little bit because Microsoft also has a relationship with Facebook. And Facebook views uh, ByteDance and TikTok as a competitor. Microsoft invested $240 million in Facebook in 2007. I wonder how that worked out for them. <laughs> Keep in mind that Microsoft uh, closed its Mixer video game streaming services. It encouraged people to use Facebook's competing product when they did that. So they've been playing nice together. Is this a fracture in the relationship? Does this bring a tech giant down? Does this change the way Microsoft pursues social media? I think we could all say Microsoft kind of owns the corporate software world on some levels, a little bit. Other competitors have tried to get in, but they still make billions and billions of dollars. They've never done social terribly well. Will we trust them? Will we go, oh, it's a big Microsoft company? I'll tell you one, one thing that they did, you know, that a lot of people back in the day really hated Microsoft for getting into video games. Because Microsoft was still working with versions of Windows that would get the blue screen of death. Um, and people thought, oh, they'll mess it up. And gamers gamers are smart and snarky, and they'll never go with us. So this was way back in 2001. November 2001 is when the Xbox made its debut. And I, I probably did radio shows where I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea because Sony and ColecoVision and... Um, Sega Genesis, like they didn't really need another player, but Microsoft got in there. 
and now they're number one or number two, usually number two behind Sony PlayStation. But you can kind of see the ecology is changing. I've done a lot of my work as an investor trying to understand the ecologies um, where Windows or Wintel in the 1980s, Windows and Intel were dominant. They were the 800-pound gorillas. Everything in tech came underneath them. Everything. So the big question now is, like, um, where do we go from here in the ecology? Who's the next big gorilla? Clearly Apple, Microsoft, um, have different things to offer, as does Amazon. Amazon's a tech company. They're probably the most disruptive tech company. The day Steve Jobs died, I started thinking, who's our next Steve Jobs? And I quickly went to Jeff Bezos. Um, I don't necessarily like his style. I don't necessarily like his presentation. But he was coming out with speakers that you could talk to. And he was coming up with new services, Amazon Web Services. And they've come up with tablets. Again, did they, they do anything innovative? Kind of. They tied it to a subscription. They started getting you know a kid's version of it. Um. Is it as good as Google's tablet? Eh, I've never thought so. Is it as good as Apple's tablet? I've never thought so. And that's where I have a problem with Jeff Bezos. But he seems to be like, do you remember like those Tide buttons? I know you're saying Tide button. Let me think. Let me think. There was a commercial that Amazon ran one year where if you run low on Tide, you just hit a button. And maybe you like Velcro it to your washing machine or something. And it automatically orders it for you. I'm like, who the freaking frack needs that? Like, do are we that lazy? <laughs> we need a button? Like, when does it become worms? And we, we ask Jeff Bezos to fly a, a drone of worms to put into our mouth and feed us as little baby birds. When can we leave the nest on our own and not have him service us? Last week, I talked about uh, Amazon getting into health insurance. Why not? Subscription. You pay every month. They like payments every month. We trust them. They haven't had a big data breach that we know about that we go, we don't trust them. Why not have them do our drugs? And, you know, I've got a friend who he still writes checks. And excuse me for being slightly sexist here, but his wife does the the accounting in the family. I earn the money. She does the accounting. I'm a man. His wife still writes checks. And she forgot to send one in for a mortgage. I don't know what happened, but I'd be furious. Why get your credit report hurt, your credit score, because you forgot? Like, everything I do is online, right? So I'm okay with Amazon taking over more things from me. They've already got a credit card. They've already got currency. They don't have Bitcoin. No, 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 no. But they got points that you get when you shop with them. And every time you shop with them, you get five points per dollar. It's a pretty generous offer. It's basically 5% off of your future purchases at Amazon. I use an Amazon credit card for all Amazon purchases. I don't use it for anything else. Um, during COVID, though, they started saying, hey, if you want to use it for buying elsewhere, we'll give you more points because they want to encourage it. They want to like keep market share growing. I think Amazon's the most disruptive co- company in the world. Um, I don't even think there's even a close second to it. I'd love to hear your feedback. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com or call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Is Tesla as groundbreaking? Is Elon Musk? Yeah. I, I still think the guy who's coming up with the best products for people, Jeff Bezos. Want the podcast with music? 
Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I just heard the announcer say your calls are always welcome. When I started this show 20 plus years ago, people called radio stations. There was appointments to listen to shows. And then the shows that couldn't get listeners started saying, hey, call me with a hotline. I'll, I'll replay it from the hotline. Landscapes change. Uh, I'm getting ready to start putting... I'm close to this. Very, very close. I don't want to announce anything final. But I'm starting to put more work into more media for you to consume in different ways and different times and places. I like podcasting, but I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. Uh, I can write a pretty funny story. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, try to be creative with some stock write-ups to teach you why I like Amazon. And it may have like a lot of alliteration in it. It may have a lot of uh, bad puns. I'm going to try to be, do something creative for you to, again, get more people in. It won't just be a blog. It'll be a vlog. It'll be a podcast. It'll be a YouTube channel. It'll be a couple of things. And we'll see what works and what doesn't work. But uh, as COVID hopefully plays out in the fall into a vaccine, I hope to ramp out of that. So with new content for you, I'll still do this. All shows are so different. A daily show has to be news-driven. A weekend show has to be thought-provoking, in my opinion. Some thoughts about last week. Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Facebook had blowout results. Most companies were beating what I would refer to as depressed estimates, though. So earnings looked pretty good. Um, We're reporting earnings that are 21% above estimates, but that's not right. And you know that. What happened there is with COVID, we go, well, we told you at the beginning of the year, we thought we were going to make a dollar. So let's, let's cut that down to 50 cents. And then they make 60 and say, woo, we beat by 20%. I don't know what CEO I'm doing an impression of right there, but it's somebody. From a qualitative standpoint, the reporting period has been far better than expected. From a quantitative standpoint, it's been awful. So I'm able to see both. And I get that it's a game of managing expectations. For you, it's going to take you probably three to five years of doing this for you to trust me on that. I still feel pretty comfortable. Uh, Markets are roaring again today. The House Judiciary Committee held antitrust meetings last week. And they made for good political theater, but they didn't scare investors. Much was said, little was done. Every CEO pushed back on the notion that they had a monopoly power and that they had unfair advantages, saying, hey, look, the internet, anyone could do this. Now, the blowout earnings don't really match that. When you, at one point in time, in the world of cell phones or mobile phones, mobile devices, Apple made over 100% of the profits. Companies like Samsung were just playing for market share and not even earning a penny. Now, that can't last forever. So some companies have gone out of business. And that's given companies like Samsung the ability to say, you know what? We're no longer competing with Nokia and Apple and Microsoft phones. And so all the companies really 
did a nice thing to play nice. That was a big thing last week, the judiciary committees. Investors aren't afraid of uh, regulators at this point. Could that change? I think it would take a majority Democrat or a majority Republican Congress um, to get any sort of action pushed through. But I digress. And Congress being House of Representatives and the Senate. There's no such thing as Congress. There's no one unit called Congress. It's the combination of the both. Um, last week was also big because the Federal Reserve had a meeting. In a unanimous vote, the Fed left money costs at zero to 25 basis points. The directive of month to month from June to July didn't change much. Fed Chair Powell reiterated the Fed will use more tools as long as necessary. So we got them in our back pocket, Wall Street does. And that should cause, I, I talked with a friend on Thursday, and he's probably the savviest individual investor I've ever met. Um, but he, he leaves stuff on the table and he doesn't realize it. So he's like, Rob, I'm thinking about you know getting out of my current lifestyle, you know, 2,500 square feet and just go into a, a, a van. I've got a beautiful life and we can go from town to town and make love in the wild. And uh, I could still do my job during the three or four days that I have to be on and then three or four days off kind of thing. So I'm thinking about selling now. I'm like, why didn't you uh, rent it for a year or two? Sell it in a year or two because interest rates aren't going anywhere. And again, I'm just giving a second opinion. And a couple of years ago, he sold a place in San Francisco and bought a place in Tahoe, and it's done great. And I'm like, what do you have done better in San Francisco? Keeping it. And he's like, yeah. Sometimes the toughest thing to do is to hold. Um, I have an itch on my finger. Disgusting Rob Black update. Something happened when I turned 45. I started getting eczema. And it's disgusting because I'm an itcher. So I have to look at it and I have to hold off. Same thing with investing sometimes. I told you last week I've sold 5% of my Apple um, 30 points ago. I'm not upset about leaving 30 points on the table because I took it up probably about 850 points. And I'm okay with that. Holding for one year was tough. Two years, three years, four years tough. Five years, six years tough. Seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen. I got to over 12 years of holding that. Um, and it became easier. And I did better because I did. Now, is there a chance that I could have jumped from Apple to Tesla? Sure. And I could still do that. Um, with some of my profits, did I buy some Facebook? Sure, in the past. Did I buy some Google in the past? Yeah. Um, so I, I use some of my gains from income from Apple's pathetic little dividend to buy other companies. Not the worst thing I've ever done. Okay, so what else happened last week? Last week, we kind of got, again, Judiciary Committee investigating, getting testimony on Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Facebook. The Federal Reserve saying they're on our side. Oh, we got the worst ever contraction in the U.S. GDP. And the election starts in about two weeks. I know you're saying, no, 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 it's 92 days away. No, 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 no. Mail-ins and absentee ballots start in two weeks in many states across the country. Trump has two weeks to get this economy chugging. Two weeks. And some people are going to vote with their pocketbook. It's a very common thing. Four years ago, we had about 13 to 16% undecided uh, voters going into the final week of the election. Right now, everyone's pretty much so decided. 
it's the economy stinks and I'm going to vote that way. I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm not telling you anything like that. And I'm not saying that the economy is the only issue out there. But the election starts in about two weeks with mail-ins. And uh, maybe Wall Street's telling us something. Maybe they know. Wall Street looks six months ahead. So that's a 180 days. The election's 92. So something good is looking out, unless we're getting a lot of shorts or getting a lot of amateurs jumping in, saying, okay, let's, let's, let's screw this up for everyone. There's a little bit of that going on. I'll be honest with you. So, but it's, it's kind of a battle, right? Last week, the Republicans unveiled a $1 trillion coronavirus stimulus proposal. I don't know if that's going to be enough to get it done. The Democrats have a little bit of power right now um, on getting things what they want. $1,200 direct stimulus payments is what the Republicans said. I didn't get a $1,200 direct stimulus payment, but I'm not moaning because I've owned Apple, right? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the haves and the have-nots. I, I get it. I, I think the, the chasm is bigger than it's ever been, and I think it's a problem. I don't know if the haves can solve it. I don't know if the have-nots can solve it. I think it has to be something in the middle. And I don't know if that even exists anymore. But the Republicans wanted liability protection for businesses. I went back to my crappy job at McDonald's. I got COVID, and, well, I gave it to my sister, and she died. Let's do McDonald's. And, and Republicans want to protect businesses. $105 billion for school. Tax incentives to rehire workers. Enhanced unemployment benefits of $200 a week. Uh, I don't know if any of this sticks until COVID starts to, to trickle away. And if you look at the news this weekend, it ain't trickling away anytime soon. EDM party in the Ozarks. Um, the 4th of July really messed up the beaches in America. Florida has to regret what they've done. The press conferences of Ron DeSantis are humorous. <laughs> Watching him try to say, oh, no, it's really not that bad. It's really not that bad. But, sir, we have no hospital beds in the Miami County, Dade County. Well, that's because, look that way. His press conferences are awful. Um, it, awfully entertaining, right? So what else happened last week? Because it's setting up for August. We, July's over. Over. Nothing is over until we say it is. So July, August, September's third quarter. October, November, December is the fourth quarter. The real test on our economy in the stock market is how do we do in the fourth quarter our busiest economically? We had bad GDP. We had Fed chairman. We had antitrust. We had stimulus proposal, which I think is goosing things a little bit. Because I don't think a trillion is going to be enough. Um, I think it's going to be a bigger stimulus package to get it done. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi referred to the GOP stimulus plan as pathetic. That's not exactly nice words. <laughs> so she wants her back scratched if she's going to scratch their back. That's how I think politics kind of works. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. The landscape is changing. Take a break. We'll be right back. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I am going to be putting together some more ideas for 2021 as far as talking money. One of my ideas is to do something with Zoom. Um, a, because a lot of people got up to the curve fast 
on what it means to do video conferencing and to do it right and the things that we're upset about when we don't do it right. So the trial and error of 2020 is going to lead to more product innovation in 2021, and I hope to do some of it myself, you know? Um, so stay tuned. I saw a couple get... I saw... This is going to make me sound weird. I watched some of the video footage of a couple getting married on Zoom, and it was done terribly, terribly well. And right now, if I'm a wedding planner, I'm thinking about that. A, because there'll be other pandemics in the future. B, because I think some people are going to say, you know what? This whole idea of the wedding industry is just stupid. To spend $30,000 on a wedding, and I'm pissing someone off I know right now, but, but I only have one daughter, and I want to see my daughter walk down the aisle. I know you do, but she doesn't care. Um, so I, that's kind of an interesting thought to me of like, okay, maybe the wedding industry is, is primed for some disruption. We've already started talking about it. Now, when we're, when we're going to start doing it, um, the college industry is primed for a repricing. Look, we have learned that you could do Zoom classes to teach soccer. We have learned that you could do Zoom classes to do weddings. Like, we've learned this. And, like, why are we going to put up with, well, that's just the way things are done. you got to choose between a good state school and a bad state school. Or now a state school that's super expensive. It's all silly. It's all broken. And it goes back to, gosh, I want to say like the 1850s, Little House on the Prairie. We have a schoolyard and we have a barn that we teach the kids in. And they do K through. Like it's a, it's a bad system. It needs to change. Just like our healthcare system. Just like our political system. Why do we have two parties? That's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard of. Do you have any different types of people there are in America? In Australia, it's like 19 political parties. And depending on how many votes show up on election day, that's how many people get represented in Congress. So if you're like, oh, I'm all about labor, I believe in like labor, or if you're all about big business, I believe in big business, or if you're all about uh, gay and lesbian rights, oh, I believe in like gay like You can vote that way, and you can have people that represent you that way. Anyway, uh, did you ever see the movie Raging Bull? <laughs> You know how long COVID's lasted, for the record? We've seen astronauts go up in space and return from SpaceX. That's freaky to me. Uh, when you start putting different images on things like that. So we have a raging bull. Did you ever see the movie? About a boxer who can't lose until he can. Um, so people are starting to use more terms like that. I've been hearing more BS out of people who are like cab drivers or board operators or um, Instagram delivery people. Not Instagram. Instacart. I've heard more business ideas that are speculative. And when good times are good, we're like, let's roll with it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. and I'm going to do that. Apple's up another 3.7% today. Microsoft up 7 bucks today. Um... At an all-time high, right? Healthcare and financial stocks are outperforming. There was a manufacturing report that I'd like to talk about, but I really don't want to talk about because I'm going to bore you. But it's above a 50 reading, which means it's expanding. It's nice to see. It's not glorious. But it's nice to see. Um, other big stories of note out there today. Uh, Microsoft is in talks to buy TikTok. 
the U.S. version at least. That would be a big play against Facebook, who Microsoft plays nice with. Facebook will prepare users for mail-in voting for 2020 elections amidst the pandemic. That will piss President Trump off, and he'll probably go, roll, roll, Facebook. So do you see how politics kind of comes involved with your life, which comes involved with Wall Street? Um, two of the stocks that did really, really well last month are being highlighted by CNBC today as maybe they'll have another good month. One of them is a stock that I own, and one of them is a stock that I went way out of my way to tell you about. Qualcomm. Um, I don't play the game of I got to get the best month possible. I looked at the last five years of Qualcomm, and I saw it underperform the semiconductor index, and I was like, well, that's kind of interesting because Qualcomm's a good name. They don't have a dirty CEO. They don't have a scandal. Uh, they have a business model that's heavily on licensing, which a lot of people have a problem with because it's incredibly profitable to have patents and say, you owe us on that one. But when other companies were pushing physical product, they were pushing mental product, patents. Um, I don't like it when CNBC messes with my stocks. If that makes any sense to you, they're highlighting not only Qualcomm today, but Haynes Brands. The Haynes Brands... If you got a little bit of a brain left in your head after COVID and all the day drinking and other things you've done to entertain yourself, it's underwear. And how many people, like, are we kind of set in how much underwear we're going to have in our lives? Or, like, is that going to change much? Is there a baby? But, like, it's an interesting thing because maybe it underperformed because people didn't care about it and they were looking for value. So Qualcomm and Haynes Brands are different, but they both underperformed in the last five years. AMD has underperformed NVIDIA in the last five years, and AMD is a stock that they like. So they're going for the underperformers to change their way of doing business and get it back in, in line. Another stock they're highlighting is L Brands, which is um, Victoria's Secret and a couple other mall brands. And they've been all, again, here's the question. Do you trust turnarounds to turn? Do you trust underperformers to outperform? Does it change your investment thesis when I talk about that? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big earnings this week out of Activision. I'll talk about that and much, much more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.